0: Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, guys. It is good to be with you today. And, uh, yeah, I just had a a whirlwind journey with my family. Um we just made a quick trip, I mean a real quick trip to Pennsylvania. I know we were there for several days, but man, it was a whirlwind tour. We were there for uh Karen's dad had passed away. I think I mentioned that in the last episode. And uh <clears throat> so we just we went to Pennsylvania because that's where he was laid to rest. He was uh served in the military for, uh, for quite a while in the Navy. And so, uh, he went to uh, one of the, uh, military cemeteries. It's called Indian town town gap there in Pennsylvania. And, you know, the military honors, we had a great chaplain that uh, he had mentored that Bob had mentored and, uh, had all the guns shot, uh, firing off, and uh, it was you know the the flag handing to Cindy. It was a special time, and then the next day we had a memorial service there in Pennsylvania, and it was so cool. Uh, so much family, people that Bob had served with in ministry throughout the years, and uh, people from our previous churches were there. So just a great time celebrating how God, uh, how Dad just blessed so many people. And then just yesterday, we, we came back here very quickly, and yesterday we had another service here uh, in Gillette. And just a lot of people, just again, he's dad was only here for six years, but man, he touched a lot of people's lives. And uh, so it was, it was cool. A lot of people watched online, people from Hawaii where he lived for several years uh, after he retired from the military. And so just a lot of different people celebrated this man. And we're gonna talk a little bit about him as we dig into our uh, the, the holy man from scripture that we're gonna look at today. Uh, I utilize, I, I shared a little uh, homily, little sermon uh, in Pennsylvania, and I utilized the guy we're looking at today uh, as I talked about dad. And uh, so we're going to be looking at, his name is Elijah, and I know that we've been looking at some of the smaller dudes, uh, the holy men in uh, the Old Testament, but uh, today we're going to look at one of the big kahunas, and I'm doing this just because I just spent a lot of time thinking about him, as I talked about him uh, with Dad. And uh, Elijah, just he's one of the, uh, the big guys, we hear his name mentioned a bunch, and he's the prophet above all prophets. Uh, as we talk about him in the New Testament, we, looking back, he's just one of the great prophets and uh he elijah there's a certain word that comes up in the midst of one of the great stories about elijah and we're going to talk about this word a little bit Uh, when i throw this word out i want you to think about it what comes to mind the word is unwavering what comes to mind when you think about the word unwavering Uh, some other words that go along with unwavering are things like firm Steadfast, fixed, steady. You think about something that is unwavering or a person who is unwavering. It's a person who doesn't change their mind. Somebody who's firm with what they're thinking. For instance, here's an easy understanding for those of you who attend here at, uh, at New Life. Do uh, you think we could ever get Pastor Mike to step away from being a Kansas City Chiefs fan? <laughs> Maybe root for the Broncos or the Raiders. Yeah, not going to happen, right? He's unwavering. In his support for the Kansas City Chiefs, we know that. Well, you think about our faith now. Think about uh, you know our walk with God. Would God consider you unwavering in your faith? You know, as you walk with God, uh, because Elijah in the story we're going to look at just for a moment here today. We're going to look at a couple different uh, things with Elijah, but you know, for Elijah. In the one story, he's gonna he's gonna call on the people and say, Hey, where are you in your walk with God, in your faith? Are you wavering or are you unwavering? Elijah shows up onto the scene uh when a few of the different kings of Israel were just not leading very well from God's point of view. Truthfully, it was pretty bad, especially as we see the primary king that Elijah dealt with, that being Ahab. And truthfully, we could throw in his wife, Jezebel. They were two peas in a pod. They, they were both off track when it came to leading God's people to follow God's ways. And so we're gonna jump into that story a little bit. And, uh, you know, if you haven't read, uh, you know, chapter 18 of the book of 1 Kings, just one of the coolest stories in all of scripture. Um, It it just is. Uh, When Elijah just steps in, he just, he's unwavering. He is walking with God. God says, I need you to do this. And he just, man, he just goes against Ahab, Jezebel, the prophets of Baal and Asherah—it's just—it's just a cool scene. Uh, we're not going to read the whole thing today, so I encourage you read chapter 18 if you haven't before. One of the coolest stories. I mean, it just gets you just shouting for God. Uh, let's just read a couple verses of it here just to get see where we are, and this is where Elijah shows up and he lets Ahab know we're going—we're going to we're have it out it's me against you or your prophets, uh, your gods, God against you, we're, we're gonna have it out. And so this is him letting Ahab know what's going on. So starting in verse 16 of chapter 18, First Kings. So Obadiah went to tell Ahab, Elijah had just talked with Obadiah and says, go get Ahab. So Obadiah went to tell Ahab that Elijah had come and Ahab went out to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, so is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? I, Elijah replies back, I have made no trouble for Israel. You and your family are the troublemakers. Why? For you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshiped the images of Baal instead. Now summon all of Israel to join me at Mount Carmel," this is Elijah still talking, along with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who are supported by Jezebel. So Elijah just calls about and says, bring them all. I want them all. I want all those prophets that are leading you astray and I want all the people there. It's time to throw down. It's time to make a choice. Uh, So verse 20, so Ahab, he listened, he summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, now get this. This is when Elijah calls out the people in their faith, giving them a gut check, wavering, unwavering. Let's see what Elijah said. He said, how much longer will you waver? hobbling between two opinions. If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. How do the people respond to that? Actually, this is what it says. It says, but the people were completely silent. Now, again, we're not gonna read the rest of the story of chapter 18, you gotta read it. It it is so, cool. What happens between God and these idols, Baal, Asherah, and the prophets and how they deal with the situation is so cool. But notice how the people reacted to the challenge of Elijah. They're silent. They didn't want to admit it. You know, if the people were unwavering, if they were fully committed to God, they would have been like, dude, we're in. Why are you even question us? We're, we're with God. We're, we're here. And they would have stood alongside Elijah and looked at looked down against the other prophets and would have said, We're not with you. But they couldn't because they knew better. They had not been unwavering. They had been going back and forth. They had chosen God when it was convenient for them and when it wasn't, then they would chase after Asherah. Or Baal. So the people, they were silent and that their silence tells a story. They were wavering, going back and forth between the opinions based on what they felt was best for them in the moment. You think about your own faith. Elijah, if he's standing in front of you today and he calls you out and he says, where are, you, where are you? Are you wavering? Are you, are you going back and forth, you know, chasing after God? Sunday mornings, you're here. Some Sunday mornings, you're here, you're worshiping God. You're doing the little things here and there, letting God know, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And then you turn around and you go a different direction. You start letting other things distract you. You let other idols, other gods distract you and you go a different direction. You think about having unwavering faith and just constantly focused on God, constantly following God, reading God, knowing God, spending time with God. You know, is that where we are, or are we double-minded? You think about Gideon, who we talked about last week, you know gideon he had questions he had lots of questions about god and that's not a bad thing having lots of questions you know making sure god are you still with me are you there that's not a bad thing because you're still seeking god as long as you're seeking god it's good you know elijah He's another level of this. We're going to see here now, he gets knee deep in persecution. He has death threats after this big thing that happens. And when he knocks out all of the prophets, he takes them all down. The prophets of Baal and Asherah, they're, they're eliminated. Now Jezebel is ticked at him. And so they, Ahab and Jezebel, they throw out death threats. And so, how does Elijah, in that moment, as he's being persecuted, having death threats, uh, what does he do? How does he react to that? And is how is he wavering in how he reacts? It's a that's a conversation for us. It says it says that he runs. Chapter 19. We're jumping over the next chapter, verse three. It says Elijah was afraid, and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. And he sat down under under a solitary broom tree and he prayed that he might die. And he says, I have had enough, Lord. You ever been there? You ever had those say those words before? I've had enough, Lord, I'm done. He said, take my life, Lord, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Wasn't this just the man who just a, a couple days before was challenging the, the people saying, are you standing with God or are you standing with these other idols? Isn't this the same dude? And now here he is, God, I'm weary. I'm just done. I have had enough. Have you ever been there? I mean, my family's been, we're pretty weary after our week that we just had, you know, three different funeral services. We had horrible (laughs) travel back and forth, just horrible. You know, it's one of those trips that if Murf Murphy, is Murphy's law, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. It was just rough. We're weary. Now, am I to the point where Elijah was here? No, I'm not. But maybe some other people in my family, maybe they feel this way at this moment. I've had enough, Lord. I just can't do it. Have you been there? That's where Elijah is. He's looking at what's in front of him. He knows how hard it is being a prophet, doing God's work. He knows that he's now has death threats. How can he go on? Is that wavering? No, it's not. He's still conversing with God. He's still spending time with God. He's just saying, God, I'm tired. I'm weary. I don't know if I can do this anymore. How does God deal? If we struggle like this, if we get so weary that we struggle, that we're hurting, that we're not sure we can go on with the day that's in front of us, how does God deal with us? He loves us, He meets us where we are. are, are we, the question is are we listening to God in those moments? Are we spend, still spending time with God? Because if we are, that's not wavering, that's just weary. Where he's okay. Elijah shows us that here, you know, again, we're still in chapter 19, jumping to verse 13, it says, and avoid Elijah's now in a cave. He, he finally, he made him, God gave him enough energy. He got to this new place and he's in this cave. And he's all alone there. He feels alone. He doesn't know if he can go on. He's still weary. And so chapter 19, verse 13, it says, and a voice said, this is God's voice. It says, what are you doing here, Elijah? (laughs) That's how God meets him. "What, What are you doing here, Elijah? Dude, what are you doing? Elijah replies. I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. That's where Elijah is. He looks at the situation and says, God, I can't go on. I've had enough. I'm weary. (laughs) And then, the Lord, verse 15, and then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came. Get going. What are you doing here? I'm still with you. You're not alone. I'm still the same God. And so, and God shows up, and you know, wanna read some more cool story, read what happens here in chapter 19. God shows up in, in powerful way, but yet a quiet way with a whisper. And he shows up, he says, Dude, what are you doing? Get going. I got more work for you. I have more excitement for you. You got a lot of things ahead of you. God lifts him up, empowers him, loves on him, lets him know he's not alone. He tells him that there's other prophets out there. There's other people of faith still out there. You're not alone. And through this weary time with God showing up and letting him know that he's with him, that he loves him. And that's what God's doing with my family. We're weary, but man, God is surrounding us with good people and loving on us and reminding us that he's with us and it's hurts. We lost dad, but God is still with us. That's what he does with Elijah. He says, you're not alone, get going. And the cool thing is we see Elijah. This weary time where God shows up and loves on him, it makes him even more unwavering. And then he goes on. And as you read more of the story, chapter 20, chapter 21, it goes on and on. And Elijah just keeps serving God, keeps calling out Ahab and Jezebel. You know, they had some bad moments where they killed Naboth. And so Elijah calls him out for that. He eventually speaks about another king. King Ahaziah is going the wrong direction and he speaks against him. He just keeps serving God. And it's so cool to see here's this man. He was weary. He wasn't unwavering or he wasn't wavering. He was unwavering. He still trusted God. He just told God, I'm tired, I'm weary. Guys, it's okay to be weary. It's okay to find those moments where we are broken, where we're hurting, where we're struggling. We just gotta keep being unwavering and chasing after God and letting him pour into us. Elijah is such a cool prophet. Okay, I'm gonna take a really quick hard right turn because I wanna talk about one other little thing to give you to talk about in your life groups and thing. And that's seeing how Elijah becomes a mentor. He becomes a mentor of the guy we're going to talk about next week. That being Elisha, Elisha was a young buck and Elijah pulls alongside of him and starts pouring into him and mentoring. And see, that's what dad, watching these funeral services, then hearing about all these people, dad was a mentor to so many people. He poured into the lives of so many people, it was so cool. He is Elijah and. There's a lot of us, like me, who's a little bit of Elisha. In chapter 19, later on in that chapter, we see, and starting in verse 19, it says, so Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. And there were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. We're not gonna talk about what that means. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders. And that simply means, I'm making you into me. You're gonna take my place. You're gonna take my cloak. You're gonna you're gonna become me. And then Elijah walked away. So he does it. He puts a cloak on him. It has symbolism that you're gonna take my place. And then he walks away. Now Elisha, you can imagine. Here's this young buck. This. Amazing prophet just put his cloak on you cloak on you. You know what this means. Elisha left the auction standing there and ran after Elijah, which means there was some time for Elijah to begin to walk away. elisha's elisha is standing there, and what just happened? This is out of this is like no way. This can't be happening. And he runs after Elijah and he says, it says Elijah left the oxen standing there ran over after Elijah and said to him first let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye and then I'm going to go with you. He says I'm ready to go. I just I just want to say goodbye to my family. So Elijah replied, go on back. Now get this. He says go on back. Do what you want to do, but I want you to think about what I've just done to you. Are you sure you want to do this? That's what he says. He says go on back. Think about it. He wants to give him a chance to, to not go. So Elisha returned to his oxen, slaughtered them, used the wood from the plow to build a fire, roasted the flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate it. They had a party. They had a going away party. And then he went with Elijah as his assistant. Now get this. So they go away together. We don't hear anything about Elisha for the next several years. The next several chapters, it goes from 1 Kings toward the whole, the rest of the book of 1 Kings into the beginning of 2 Kings. We don't hear anything about Elisha. He's with Elijah. Elijah, We see Elijah doing all these crazy things, calling out kings and prophets. he just, he does amazing things. We never hear about Elisha, but he's with Elijah. He's being mentored. Can you imagine some of the great conversations that he had with Elijah talking about God and what God has been doing and what it means to walk with God and about creation, talking, digging into the, the God's word and spending time there. Can you imagine those conversations. I mean, I, I think about some of the mentors that I've had in my life. You know, my dad, Bud, Ron, Stephen, John, George, Paul, and Bob. Of course, my grandpas, my uncles, some of the great ladies that have blessed my life. My mom, Margaret and Florabelle from my early church. Angie and Pauline, Cindy, grandmas, aunt. I've had so many people pouring in to my life. And some of the special, some of those special ones, I'm not going to call out who's more special than others, but there was a few of them that, man, some of the conversations I've had talking about God, talking about life and what it means to follow God, just powerful times. That's Elijah and Elisha spending amazing times. And then what Elisha got to see of Elijah just watching what happens. Guys, first of all, who are you putting yourself under? Who are you learning from? Who are you allowing to pour into your life? Secondly, who are you now mentoring? Who are you pouring into? Because I guarantee you for Elijah, he grew in faith. He grew in his unwavering faith of God as he was pouring into Elisha. His faith became stronger, better, because of him willing to give his life to pouring into this young buck. We become more unwavering as we live our faith in front of those whom we mentor. Who are you mentoring? Now, if you have kids, if you have grandkids, it starts with them. You gotta pour into them. You gotta have great conversations with your kids about God. You know, Andrew just came home from, uh, for spring break and he's here for the, for the funerals and everything, but now he's got a few days off and yes, we're going to talk about March madness. We're going to have fun talking about the games that are going on, but we're also going to have a few moments talking about God. Talking about his journey with God and what God is doing with him. And and I'm gonna ask him some great questions and we're gonna have some great conversations. Guys, who are you pouring into? Who are you mentoring? And if if you are thinking, I don't know enough. Guys, God does though. God knows enough and he can help you with those answers. And even if you get stumped, who cares? Dig into the answers together. Find it out, Google it. Dig into it and have great conversations with someone out there that you can pour into and love on and help them to know of God. Elijah, man, great stories about Elijah. Dig into him, First Kings, Second Kings, spend as much time as you can seeing this amazing, unwavering man of faith who is willing to walk with God in tough days, even death threats, and he doesn't care? He's, I'm going to walk with God. And what a journey he had, both for himself and the lives of those who he poured into. You know, that's, that's my dad. That, or that's Karen's dad. Karen's dad was Elijah. He was an unwavering man of God who poured into the lives of so many men so many ladies guys who are you going to pour into guys dig into some elijah have some great life group conversations and we will see you next week as we continue our journey of becoming holy men